Destiny City, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. John chapter 1, verse 43 through 51. Jesus calls Philip and Nathanael. Verse 43, it says, The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from a town of Bethsaida. Philip and Nathanael told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. He responded, Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under a fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Today, I want to talk to you. The the title of my message is, What Good Ever Came from Nazareth? What good ever came from Nazareth? And I think that we could ask the same question. What good ever came from Salisbury? Some people would ask me that. Like, you know, if I'm, if I'm down in, like, Charlotte, you know, there, I, I, meet, I run into people, and they're like, you know, oh, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I'm up in, in Salisbury. They're like, oh, Okay. And that pretty much ends the conversation. <clears throat> if I were from like New York City or L.A., it's like the, I'm, I'm sure the conversation would continue. Actually, here's what normally happens. It's like, where are you from? I'm from Salisbury. Oh, that's pretty far. Okay. <laughs> nice to meet you too, man. Nice to meet you too. That's usually about it. It's like, that's, that's pretty far up there, isn't it? It's kind of out of the way. I was thinking, I was like, Jesus had a kind of a similar thing happening here, where it's like you got Peter going and he's, he finds Nathaniel. He tells him, he said, we found the one. We found him, the one we've been waiting for, the one that Moses talked about, all the prophets talked about. We, we found him. You know, this guy's got to be in Jerusalem. You know, he's got to be somebody. He's got to be somebody. And, and he's like, cool. He's like, you know, they're, and they're like, where's he at? He's from Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth? Nazareth. Whatever good, what good ever came from Nazareth? Nothing good ever came from Nazareth. Sometimes your surroundings can make you feel insignificant. Sometimes where you're at, and it's like, and it may not just be a geographical place. It might just be just where you are in life. Maybe you feel like, you know, sometimes it's like, man, whatever good came from my family, whatever good came from, you know, where, I've, where I'm currently at or where I've been, what good's ever come? You know, in Salisbury, it's like we can say, you know, at least we always have cheer wine. Thank God for cheer wine. This week, I was watching um, that miniseries on the Bible, and it got to the part where we're, they're talking about Jesus, and, and it was this part here. It's like, you know, and they ask Nazareth, what good ever came out of Nazareth? And the Lord just kind of propped it in my heart that, you know, sometimes, you know, it's easy to think like Salisbury, what good ever came out of Salisbury besides Cheerwine? And then, and sometimes we might throw in Food Lion. It depends. Like, you know, some, <laughs> and so it's like, you know, that's like our claim to fame. It's like, but I want to tell you, it's like that God loves to take small things and then make big things out of it. It's like if you, uh, I, I was listening to uh, 
uh, Brian Houston from Hillsong, and, and he's talking all the time about how they came from basically nothing. Like they, they started out like just, just this like tiny crowd, and they were meeting in different places. And, and it was like, he's like, he, he, I think the first time he went to preach, it was like 10 or 15 people. And, and now Hillsong is this mega church, like, and they have this mega ministry, and it's like, and they're, they got music that's being played on the Today Show, and they're just like, you know, one. I mean, they're selling out arenas. They're like, they make, they're making movies about this ministry, just to talk about, just to tell people how good God is, just how big God is, and God just loves to take every every person that I have followed um, in the ministry or you know in music. It's like oh, every person I really look up to, really they came from just about nothing, and. And God took them and he made them something. He made something big out of their life. Another person I like to listen to is Andrew Womack. It's like he talks about that. One of the things he says all the time is like, you can't microwave your ministry. You can't microwave it. It's like if you try to, you know, a lot of us, that's what I would love to do sometimes. I would love to just take whatever the Lord has put in my heart and pop it in that little magic microwave and just, you know, okay, in... You know, in three years, boop, 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 it's going to be it. I can see it. Boom, go. And just wait. Ah, it's going to be good. Can't wait. My little beeper went off, you know, the three-year mark. That was like five years ago, you know. So you can't microwave your ministry. You can't microwave what God has put in your heart. You can't do that. You have to wait on the Lord. If you read throughout the scripture, it's always telling us to wait on the Lord. Wait. Wait on him. Wait on him. And that's frustrating because it's just like, I don't like to wait. Who likes to wait? Nobody likes to wait. We don't even like to wait on popcorn. Let's be honest. And you microwave that stuff. I, I, I put that stuff in the microwave. And, like you, and, and it's so easy now. You put, the mic, you put it in there. You close it. And you don't even have to punch in the numbers anymore. It's got a, a button already there. Popcorn. Go. And microwaves used to take like three minutes to pop popcorn. Now it's like a minute. I don't know how. It's like a minute and 10 seconds or something. And it's got your whole bag popped and you're ready for your movie. But man, that's the longest one minute and 10 seconds of my life. I'm just sitting there. Oh, God. Like, what? You get on your phone. You're like. I like go into the next room. Like see what Jess is doing. She's like, are you ready? And I'm waiting on the popcorn. <laughs> it's got another 30 seconds. Oh, God. I have to go back here and look at the, and the countdown. You know, 25. <laughs> Guys, do you ever do this where it's like you're still afraid of the microwave itself, so you kind of hide behind the fridge or something? <laughs> you don't look. I never look into it. I don't look directly into the microwave. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but you're just waiting on this popcorn that, like, years, a couple years ago, man, it was, it was a, a, a much longer ordeal. I mean, really, like, if we want to be honest, like, you know, the real popcorn was that stuff you put in the kettle, and, that, and that's, that's legit right there. It's like, that's the real thing. And I, but, man, nobody has patience for that. And I, I was reading something like one time it's talking about all the dangers of the popcorn bag and everything and all the stuff, all these chemicals. But I'm like, man, it is quick. It is fast. <laughs> In John 15:33, it said, at noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man is the son of God. Surely this man is the son of God. No introduction other than I've just seen this man die on the cross and catastrophic events 
are now happening. This giant curtain, my understanding of this curtain is that it was huge, it was thick, and this thing was ripped, and it was, it was big, and it was just ripped right down the center. Like God just ripped that thing in two. It's like, man, something like that happens. It's like, it's like you're, you take notice of this man on a cross, this man from Galilee, It's like, you don't even care where he's from because what you understand is that it doesn't matter where he's from here, you know he's from somewhere bigger than here. And that's what you need to know. It doesn't matter where you are in this world, you're bigger than here because if his spirit is in you, then that's much bigger than wherever you're at. I was having a conversation one time with my friend, uh, Pastor uh, Ken Kuntz, and he was just talking. He's just like, we're, he was talking about Salisbury and how the Lord called him here. And, and he just, in the conversation, he's just like, I mean, Salisbury, this is, this is like the center of the universe right here. And I was just like, and I, and I kind of like, I started, you know, I was just I was still listening, but I was kind of thinking like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, it's like, I mean, I mean we got cheer line, we got food line, but it's like, I don't know about that. But he was just talking about, he's like, this is where God has me purpose. This is where he has positioned me for this time. He's like, and so this is where God has me. So in my universe, this is the center of the universe. This is where God has me established. And this is where God's going to do something big for his glory. And it's going to be good. I want to read you another instance of that same story. This is Matthew 27, 46. Matthew 27, verse 46. And we'll keep reading through 54, I think. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the whole land. So Jesus is up on the cross and from noon until three. So for three hours, darkness just covered the whole land. It's like now you got to put yourself in these people's position and where they're at because they're this is, you know, they just crucified. They've got them. They got Jesus upon the cross. It's like in the, and people are talking. People know that this man is claimed to be the son of God. It's like everybody there is aware of what's going on. It's like this man is being crucified because he claimed to be the son of God. It's like they, they knew stuff was going down. So everybody's kind of waiting on, you know, what's going to, what, what is going to happen? What is going to happen with this guy? So put yourself there. You're standing to, in front of this guy who claimed to be the son of God. And all of a sudden it gets really dark. He said about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those were standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. That would kind of freak me out because I, you know, I know enough about Elijah. You know, this is a prophet who called down fire from heaven. So that would kind of freak me out if someone else is just like, he's calling for Elijah. And it, it is dark. It got suddenly, it got dark. At the same time this guy's being crucified, I would kind of be looking around like, like maybe a step back, maybe another step back, kind of go from a distance. Because I don't know if I want to be here for whatever he's calling. If he's calling Elijah, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm getting a little nervous. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. We, and this, this instance goes a little further. It said that the curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. I would be like... Yeah, there's something to this guy. There's something to him. Where's he from again? Nazareth? He's not from Jerusalem? Are you sure? 
What good ever came from Nazareth? I want to ask you, what good ever came out of Salisbury? Because I believe God is doing something really good, like right here, right now. And I want to go to something different. This is in uh, Romans chapter 8. It says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life, the spirit, through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life to you has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. So he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, and if He's living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of a Spirit who lives in you. All right? And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of a Spirit who lives in you. So that same spirit that was in him, the same spirit that was in him, that moved through him, worked through him, is like when he died and he was buried, and then he rose again on the third day. That's the other, that's the other part of the story. You know, those things were amazing enough that, that people were coming out of their tombs, that a, a giant curtain was ripped in two. Those things were amazing enough on their own that even like centurions who is a Roman centurion who doesn't have anything to do with the Jewish culture or anything. He didn't, I don't even know what he knew prior to that, other than he just saw a man on the cross that, had, that he knew was there because he claimed to be the Son of God. And so he just said, when, when all these things begin to happen, surely this is the Son of God. Surely this is him. And so when it, they took him down, they put him in a tomb, and then three days later, he rose again from the dead, and, he, and then this man who was on a cross and died in front of everybody was now in front of everybody talking about, you know, how he's coming again, telling everybody. I mean, he's telling to his disciples, there's like 120 people that he talked to, and they get more than that, like at the, at the uh, um, when, he, when he was speaking to these people. Um, if that kind of spirit that was in him, the Holy Spirit, if that same spirit is in you, then how great, how great is God in you? How great, I mean, God can do just amazing things, things that are considered impossible, he can do through you. Because the same spirit that, that raised Jesus from the dead is now living in you. That's, that's amazing to me. And we, and we got to go back to like, man, we really do take for granted what we have, don't we? We, we take this for granted. It's not to feel bad, but rather it's to encourage us that we would begin to do these things that he's telling us to do, that you need to know that there's something special in you. We, we really, we've got to understand that there's something unique and something special inside of each and every one of us. That, and, and, not, and, and not any of us on our own can really accomplish as much as what we can do when we're together. When we come together, that's why it says, don't forsake the gathering of believers, all the more as you see that day approaching. And what day are we talking about? We're talking about the coming of the Lord. 
So that's, I mean, that's why we're here. Is that we're here to encourage one another. You're here today so you can be encouraged. You're here today so that you can understand that there's something special in you. And it doesn't matter what anyone has ever said about you. If, because like, if, if you were at a point where you were in a, an abusive relationship and all that person ever did was just talk down to you, it could have been verbally, it could have been physically, whatever. It's like it doesn't matter because all that becomes in the past. And it's like, and when you die to that, you are raised in Christ Jesus. And if you're raised in Christ Jesus, it's like, here's the thing is like, we can go out from there. Peter, when he was, after he saw Jesus, after he, he was there with Jesus, Jesus who was raised from the dead, and then it said that, that the, the, the Holy Spirit came. They went and they waited on the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit came and they began to speak in different tongues. And, and, and just all these amazing things were happening. And it's like a little bit later after that, Peter is walking by this gate called Beautiful. And there's this man who's just asking for a change. He's asking for, he doesn't think, he obviously doesn't think much about himself. You know, it's like he, he just, he's just, just help me out. You know, he's just a guy who's just been there. Who knows how long this guy's been there? I'm sure he's been there for a while. And Peter, just, he's just walking by, and this guy's asking for money. And so he says, you know, can you, can you just give me some, some money? And he says, silver or gold I don't have, but what I do have, I give to you. So what I do have, I give to you. You see, that's where we have to be as a church. You have to take a step of faith in what you do have. You have to give to somebody else. What I do have, I give it to you. But so many of us, we find ourselves still at that gate called beautiful where we're the ones. Please, please, please give me something. Please pray for me. Please give me something. I want to tell you something. If the spirit of Christ, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, if he's if he's living in you and he is. Here's how you know that the Spirit is living in you. Ask for it. Ask for it. Ask for it. Receive it. That's it. It's that simple. If you ask the Lord for his Holy Spirit, then you just receive it by faith. Where you go from there, what the Lord does in you is limitless. But it's time as a body of believers that we begin to mature and that we began to do things is like, and it's, and I want to tell you this: it always starts small. It always starts with those small things. The cool part about this is that I think for Peter, he's so used to being in the glory and the presence of Jesus, and then when he actually experiences the Holy Spirit in him. It's like, man, he was so pumped. He was so primed. It's like that. He was just going through. And when he saw this guy, he just did what he saw Jesus do all the time. He didn't even have to, like, prime himself up to it. He didn't have to, like, I don't think he had to, like, you know, it's like, uh, just one moment, sir. One moment. Just kind of go over to the corner. Lord, just help me. Look at me. Please give me the name of Jesus. Okay. You know, it's like he just, like, in the moment, just like, like, I don't have anything. I don't have any money, man. But here, get, what I do have, get up. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. It's like, that's the kind of power that's in us. And so, man, it's like, I want to kind of be a cheerleader today because I want to encourage you. I want, I'm trying to encourage you. I'm trying to get you excited this morning. It's like, I don't know if we need more coffee or what it is this morning, but let's just get excited because there's something in us that is greater than what's in the world. We're so... As believers, we've become so concerned about the world that it's all we talk about. It's all I see on stupid Facebook news feed and everything else is about what is going on in the world, all these terrible things, all this stuff. We're, you know, it's like we're talking about, it's just so horrible and we're angry with the, with ISIS because they're cutting off heads. But these people who are getting their heads cut off, it's like they're, they're there on their knees and they're just glorifying God. Let this be let this be unto you, Lord, just a sacrifice of praise. That's what these people are thinking. So why are we over here so scared? What if that comes here? Well, what if it does? I want to tell you, this is what happens. The Holy Spirit is in you. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives in you. And if Christ is for you, if God is for you, he is God. Jesus is God. If he is for you, who can be against you? Who is against you? 
The Holy Spirit is, is moving. He's active. He's living. And it's like he's doing stuff right now. He's doing stuff even right now, right as I speak. He's doing something. He's awakening something in you that's been dormant for a long time. Maybe you let it go to sleep, and that's okay because the Holy Spirit's here to remind you and gently wake you up. Hey, buddy, it's time to wake up. Because I got work for you. I got something for you to do. It's like, you, but we've, we've got to be receptive to it. We've got to, we got to shake ourselves up too. <clears throat> Paul told Timothy that it's like to stir up the gift that's, that's been in, that's in you. It's there. But this is what happens in our mindsets is that, you know, we feel like we just get so used to it. Or, or maybe we never just never really asked for it. But we get to that place where it's like we feel like maybe we lost it. But this is what it says, is that he said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Jesus said this, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Yet we always find ourselves kind of going back to that place of God, please come in, come in, come in. It's like, but he's here. He's here. I want to tell you, listen, clouds, clouds come into the sky and they will cover the sun, but it does not extinguish the sun. The sun is still there. And you might have clouds in your life. You might have those days that just feel dark and they just feel dreary. But I want you to know the sun is right on the other side of that. And if you'll just wait, if you'll just trust God, he's going to take all that stuff out. But you've got to have faith. We've got to have that same kind of that faith that Peter had where he's just like, what I have, I give to you. And sometimes we just need to take that same hand and we say, what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, just get up out of this funk. Uptown funk. Time to get up. All right? Is this an encouragement to you? Good, 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 good. Okay. Moving on, but not really. I'm going to switch gears because I asked the Lord this week. I said, Lord, what do you want to speak to Destiny City? And the Lord, he, he showed me that. Just about how this, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, he's living in you. And I would be disobedient if I did not go here. But the Lord also just spoke to me. And this is what he was speaking to me. And it's in, uh, it's in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And here it is. <clears throat> you ready? Okay. If you're ready, say you're ready. ready. All right. <clears throat> you Ready? Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. And it got quiet. Because, man, we are notorious for judging others. And it's not just that thing of like, you know, don't judge me, don't you judge me. It's like, look, I, there, there's a part of me. I, if, if you're close to me and you see something in my life, it's like, I, I encourage it, please. It's like, but here's what I do ask. I encourage you to come to me privately and to privately just, hey, brother, what's going on? How you doing? You know, let's, let's work up to it. Let's have some coffee. Or maybe you just get right up in my face and just tell me, like, man, you're, you're messing up. What you're doing is like, it's, it's, it's a stumbling block to yourself. It's a stumbling block to others. You need to get, this has got to be right. It's like, you know who, you know the kind of people that can do that in my life? Are my brothers and my sisters in Christ. If you're a stranger to me, it's like then, I mean, unless I just know that it's the Lord, it's like then I have a hard time receiving that because if I, if it's, you're a stranger coming to me telling me like, you need to repent, you need to do this, you need to do that, it's like then, who likes that? Who does that? Who, who receives that? Does anybody receive that kind of correction very well? I don't. And I don't think I'm unlike anybody else. It's like, here's, here's something that, as believers, one of the things that stood out to me when I was at the Joyce Myers conference, and it jumped out at me, and I remember writing it down, and it was this. It was like, don't criticize others who do what you do. Now, you can, you can apply that in a lot of different ways. 
the way she was applying it was that she said that one time she went to this conference and this guy was preaching and she said he was long-winded, he was scatterbrained, he was all over the place. And after the meeting, she was with her husband like, man, that guy was all over the place. It was just like hard to follow. It's like, I don't know why anybody would come to that, blah, 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 blah. And, and then and she said that like about, about a couple weeks later, she was doing a conference and she said she went out there and she's giving it. 110%. Everything she's got. She's going to just do it. I'm going to pour out my life for you. It's right now. I'm pouring it out. And she said it was just flat. Dead. Nothing. Nobody was receiving anything is what how it felt. I mean, I can't say that. I can't generalize everything like that. But she was saying it was just flat. That it just Nobody really received. She's like at the end of the service, like normally people would be flooding the altars at the end of this one, it was just like people just kind of like, well, I'm about time to go, I guess. It's like people just flood, going out the door. And she was talking to her husband, and she was telling her husband, it's like, I don't know what is going on. And she said it was going like that for like a couple of sessions. And, and, and she was just kind of asking a rhetorical question. She wasn't really looking for a response, but her husband was just like, well, the Lord told me what it was. And she was like, oh, did he? And, uh, and he's like, yeah. You remember how, um, you know, you were criticizing that one guy who was preaching and you were talking about how all that kind of stuff. It's like the Lord just told me, it's like, judge not or you will be judged in the same measure that you judge others. It will be applied back to you. It's like, and so you judge this person. And so now it's like you're getting, you're reaping what you, what you sowed. And she was just like, she's like, well, the Lord didn't tell me that. Like, <laughs> and, and he said, and she said that that he kind of pulled this, like you know, Jesus when they brought the the woman out to stone her, you know, and he just went down, kind of writing in the sand, and then just kind of, you know, like he kind of pulled this number where he's just like, I just I just told you what the Lord told me. First of all, she goes, um, well, you were criticizing him too. And she, he goes, I'm not preaching. <laughs> I'm not the one getting up preaching. <laughs> and so she, and, uh, and then he's just like, he's like, I just told you what the Lord, what the Lord told me to tell you. And then he just walked out of the room. It's like, boom, just like, he dropped the mic. <laughs> and so she said, in that moment, she, after she let that set in, and after she forgave her husband because she was angry with him, she said that, you know, she's like, Lord, I, you're right, you know. It's like, and I, re- I repent. And, uh, and she said from that moment, it was just like the next session was just like one of the big, I mean, people flooded the altar. It was just amazing. Just, you know, Holy Ghost moving all the time. It's like, that's why we don't, that's why we can't judge it's because what we do is that the Holy Spirit is sensitive to that. See, when we begin to judge, we put ourselves in the place of Pharisees is what we do because we, we go around with our, you know, you know, this, you know, we're, we're good. We got our act together and, you know, we need to tell others, we need to tell others how they need to get their act together as well. You know, it's like, I'm right. I'm right. You're wrong. It's like, and if you need proof, I can take you to the scripture that tells you that I'm right. And we can gladly do that. And you can do that. And it's called self-righteousness. It's like the word of God stands alone. It doesn't need you to try to prove it. The word of God will not return void. You speak the word of God to somebody, it's like they may not like it, but it won't return void. Especially if it's done in love. And let's be honest. We know the difference between what is love and what's not. You know? We'll say, well, it's tough love. But what's the relationship? How do you know that person? How do you know who they are? How, what, how, how have you reached out to that person? What, what kind of one-on-one encounter have you had with that person who's been on your heart? And you mean well. You really do. You mean well. You want to see that person saved. 
You want to see that person come to the Lord. There have been so many times where I've been around people and I'm asking God, Lord, what, what do I need to say to this person? And the Lord is just like, don't say anything. Just show them Christ. Show them that you are faithful. Show them that you do love the Lord, not by your words, but by your deeds. I don't want to, I don't want to just be known like, let me, how do I put this? It's like, I don't do good deeds so that someone else will, will be like, hey, man, good job. It actually, it embarrasses me sometimes when people are like, you know, man, good job, good job. It's like, you know, it's like, it feels uncomfortable, you know. To me, it just feels a little uncomfortable. It's like, but, I, but if it brings glory to God, then I get excited. It's like if someone tells me like, man, when I saw, when I used to watch you and like when, you know, it's like, and when you would just not, when you would just, you would just kind of go on your own. It's like, and, and you know, and I knew that you were just following the Lord. It's like, man, it just spoke so much to me. And it's like, and, and that means a lot to me. That means a whole lot to me. And so I, I want you to know that as you live your life, according to the word of God, and then according to the spirit of God, because the only one who can write the extra part of your life is going to be the Holy Spirit. You can go your whole life and you can line it up with the word of God and, you'll, and you will have done a good job. But it may not be the story that it could have been had you listened to the Holy Spirit in line with the, with the word of God. Does that make sense? It's like I believe that our life is being recorded. I believe that our life is being recorded like the Lord just has a record of of everything that's going on. And it's like and I just I don't know, like part of me might be a little a little fearful to know to have that read back to me. But a big part of me is excited to know I want to I want to I want to know those moments that I've forgotten about those times where the Holy Spirit led in this moment, you know, to speak a word to this person or to to simply just to give something to that person or to or just to just to be there for that person. It's like that. Those are the moments that I find that that's the Holy Spirit is really leading. And it's like the other day I was at the YMCA. Here's an example. And I was doing my workout and uh, I saw this person that she, uh, she had tried to uh, line up a little kind of side job for me. And I, and I didn't follow through on it um, because it was something it was it was something that was going to require just like money or something for me. to. It was an investment to get involved in. And so I just didn't have it. Didn't really want to want to do it. But I felt bad because I didn't want this person to you know, think that I wasn't interested or I was blowing something off or wasn't following through. And and the whole time, the Holy Spirit was just speaking to me. It's like, you need to go talk to that person. <clears throat> and so I made sure to avoid that person as much as possible. <laughs> I was going every part of the YMCA that I could, like just get everything done. <clears throat> and I'm about to, I'm about to get my stuff. And so I can walk out and just kind of like casually, like if I just made eye contact, just, you know, and just kind of keep going. But, uh, the Lord, the Holy Spirit was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, it's like, you better go. You better, you need to go. And so I just went over and I just kind of just explained, I'm just so sorry. Like, you know, I didn't follow through on this and stuff. It's fine. Totally fine. Totally fine. And this is what the, and it, it was nothing. They didn't, they didn't care. They were just like, I don't, I really, I mean, it wasn't a big deal. It was like, you could do whatever you want. And as I walked out the door, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. It's like, it's like, that was not for them, but that was for you. Because you were going to spend the rest of your time trying to avoid this person for something that didn't even matter. You were living in a, I don't even know what this would be, because it wasn't an offense. It was just like an avoidance. It was just like a place where it's like, I knew that I just wasn't sure. Maybe I offended somebody. It's like, I have discovered that I'm pretty good at offending people. I don't know how, but it's like somebody, it's like I'm actually really good at offending people. And a lot of times it's like, not really to my knowledge, but I, I try to become a little more sensitive to it, but not to the point that it like, you know, keeps me from doing stuff, but just, I've just realized that, you know, I've, I've, I've made a pretty good habit of, of, of offending people unintentionally. And so like, I, I try to be sensitive because I don't, I don't want to walk in offense. It's like, and for me, it's just, if the relationship becomes strained with somebody, 
then there's something that needs to be fixed. That's an offense. And it's like, and so you got to fix it. Even if you're right, fix it. Even if you're right. It's like, because you can be right and be so wrong. Is this good for you? Okay, good. Because I, I was worried. I was like, man, I don't want to like come in, you know, do that whole like don't judge. Because every time I've heard somebody preach like don't judge, it's like, and preach that one, I always feel like they're trying to like, you know, I feel like something's coming next. You know, like they're about to like reveal something, you know, that like, you know, they, and it's like some big bombshell of like, it's like just of the, all this bad stuff they've been doing. And so they're just setting it up. So I was like, I don't want them to think, you know, that like I'm about to like, you know, it's like, well, and don't judge. And then like, you know, a week later, oh, I, I need to tell you guys something, you know, like there's nothing like that. I just felt like the Lord was saying for us that we, we shouldn't judge. And this is just, and this goes for a lot. It covers a lot of ground. It's like, but for me, the biggest thing was like, don't criticize others who do what you do. It's like, I've, I've had to really walk in that as much as possible and as close as possible in when I write music. Because, man, music, nowadays, is like we live in a culture where it's like you're encouraged to judge one another. We have television shows that people line up around city blocks to get on there to have some British guy tell them how horrible they are at what they do. It's, it blows my mind. It's like that, that, that people would wait and wait for days and days just to have some guy who doesn't even sing tell them their whole life dream and their whole, everything they feel about their purpose in life is just a sham and they just need to give it up. It's like, but people wait and wait for, you know, American Idol, all those things. It's like, that was like one where it's like, man, people just stand in line for all this time. And then they get in there and they sing their heart out. And then they're just told like, that was horrible. That was just horrible. And it's like, and so like, it's the culture that we're in where it's just like, you know, and, and we have this access of just like, you know, music, of all kinds of music. And it's like, you know, next, 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 nope, nope. You know, it's like, I'll listen 30 seconds. Mm, that's pretty good. Nope, no, next, next. And it's like, and so as a, a musician, a songwriter, it's like, I've had to really walk a, a line of not trying to critique other people and what they're doing. You know, it's like, I just have to realize that the way that they're doing it is different from the way that I would do it. It doesn't make it bad. It just means they're doing it in a way that this is how they feel like they ought to do it. And it might be off pitch. It might not be in key. It doesn't matter. It's like, seriously, if someone like really like, if they are doing it as unto the Lord and, and I'm not talking about those people who are like, you know, they're just out there doing it and I'm doing this for the glory of God. Oh, you know, and it's like, and they want you to know about it. I'm talking about the people who like, you know, they just do it and it's just a part of who they are. And, they, and it's like, and I've just learned to just encourage instead of critique, you know, and, and people always want to ask you, what do you think about that? It's like, that's, that's the hard part because you want to be honest in your response. And you're like, it's different. It's different. And it's true. It was different. <laughs> It's different. Here's some practical things I've learned I want to share with you regarding judging and criticizing and all those things. And I encourage you to write these down because they, they've, been, they've meant a lot to me. Um, we never have enough information to judge someone. You know, we can examine each other's fruit. It says that we should examine our, the fruit. You know, uh, if someone claims to be a believer, then look at the fruit that comes out of their life. And if it lines up with the word of God, then, then man, they're, they're legit. And if it doesn't, it tells us to go to them in private and to, you know, bring correction. And Paul tells us to gently correct people because in, it's like if you're not careful, you might fall into the same temptation. So you have to be very gentle in your approach to people and how you are helping them. And here's something about discipleship. You can't disciple someone who does not want you to disciple them. (laughs) And this applies to even people who ask you, will you disciple me? But if they really show no interest in being discipled, 
then I want to tell you, don't waste your time there, but look for those, look for those who are like this, those who do need that, and they're just, they're just looking, and you see because the Holy Spirit said, says to just give them a hand, pull them up, you know? It's like, and then, and then it's a matter of like, if, if you want more of this, then follow me. That's what we should be doing. It's like it's not going around looking like looking at everybody and trying to, you know, critique and trying to, you know, sister, I just saw what you did there and I just don't agree with that. And, you know, and and uh, let's, let's keep moving. All right. <clears throat> we never have enough information to judge someone. You don't know what someone's gone through. You don't know their story. And even if you do know their story, you may not know their whole story. You might not know, you know, that they might have come from years of abuse, years of neglect, years of just being like hurt, you know, and you don't know what people have gone through. It's like, so you can examine people's fruit, but don't judge their heart. Don't say, oh, that person is just a, you know, they obviously don't, they don't love the Lord because you don't know. How do you know someone loves somebody? How do you know that someone doesn't have an interest, how that doesn't, doesn't really have a desire, but maybe they just don't know how to get there? So don't judge someone. We never have enough information to judge someone. Don't criticize someone who does what you do. You can examine fruit, but do not judge someone's heart. And the Bible lays out a plan for you to judge someone privately. And to add on to that, just so you know, Facebook has a private message feature. (laughs) You don't have to embark in the debate publicly. You don't. You know, the Bible Bible says don't throw your pearls before swine. And And I don't want to see any of us throw up pearls before swine because what happens is that they will turn on you and devour you. And I see it happen over and over again. And it's like, and I, and it's not that you aren't, you know, stand for truth, stand for what's right. It's like, stand on the word. Don't stand on your opinions. Stand on the word of God. You put the word of God out there. People want to argue with the word of God then they can argue with the word of God. They can take it up with God. It's like, but if you put, if there's even a, if it's just the word of God, seasoned with your opinion. I can tell you this, is like there are plenty of people out there who would love to tear you apart. If, you, if that's what you're called to, go ahead. It's like, but Facebook has a private message feature where you can, you can actually send a message to someone and actually have a conversation with them that everybody else is not involved in. See, that's the weird part about this culture we're in. It's like we put stuff out there, and it's like all of a sudden, everybody all over the globe is like now responding. I like put something on there about like that movie Noah because I didn't like it. And, um, and man, you would have thought that I'd like, that I just said the most like offensive thing to people. It's like people are like, it's like I, I, I have all this stuff, and I found myself like, like trying to, you know, defend my stance. On this, no, it is a horrible movie. This is why I don't like it. It's like it's not biblically accurate. Blah 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 blah, and like and all this stuff. And I had this guy, uh, this kid I met. He came to when I was doing youth ministry. He was in our youth group for like a summer, and he lived in Germany. He's re- I haven't talked to this kid since then, and he's responding to this stupid comment. All I said was just like that movie was a waste of my money. And it's like, why do you think that? Blah, 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 blah. It's like, this kid's from Germany writing me about this movie. It's like, that I don't even care about. It's like, I finally, it's like, I finally, it's just like, I just got to delete this whole thing because this is just, this is dumb. This is not how I want to be known. I don't want to be known as that guy. It's like, he's like, you know Jeremy Vest? Yeah, he's that guy. He hates that movie, Noah. Just pick your battles. I can tell you that most of our battles aren't that important. You know, when the people, again, I'm going to go here again. It's like when those people, I read these stories about these people over in the Middle East who are, who are being beheaded for their faith. And it's like, and, and their last words are just so profound. You know, it's like, it's, you know, there's just talking, just 
how they just they just love the Lord, and it's like, and it's, that's what that's amazing. That's something worth standing for, man. You know, the love of God. It's like love. It said above all else, put on love. It's like where there itch, there is no law against love. I'm talking about real love, not that fake stuff, not that stuff people call love and put it on the TV screen. I'm talking about real love that's unconditional, that says that loved you while you were still a sinner. That was love. That loved you while you were still imperfect, while you were still working out all that stuff. He still loved you enough to die for you. He still loved you enough and to be that sacrifice in your place. To be that final atonement that covered all of our stuff, man. All of our junk. Every one of us had junk. Every one of us. But God is taking that and he's cleaning it out. He's put his spirit in us. And we now have, we don't have junk anymore. We got the power of God in us. We have treasure. We have some, a deposit from heaven that's in us. And we got to guard that, that deposit. What, what is God publicly? Okay, here's the question. What if God publicly corrected everything you did? What if God had a Facebook? And, and every time you did something that didn't line up, he was on there like, like I wish some people would just stop this kind of stuff. I'm not going to say who. But you know who you are. Boom. (laughs) Hashtag repent. (laughs) Hashtag stop playing. Hashtag get real. Hashtag I gave my life for you. This is a good one that I learned at an EFI conference by a guy named Carl Morris. And uh, if there's an EFI conference coming up in the fall, and I encourage you, um, it's open to everybody. And it's only like $35, and it's down in Conway. But if you get a chance, like if I would take off time from work, it's only three days, and just try to go down there. It is awesome. And, stuff, and, you, and that's the covering of Evangel Fellowship International is, is what we've been under, Destiny City. And uh, it's just a great conference, and it's in, like, October. So I encourage you to do that if you can. Um, but this is from Carl Morris, and he said this, and I wrote it down. It was, deliverance comes in time and usually in private settings. Deliverance comes in time and usually in private settings. Okay? When you are looking for someone to be delivered from something, it's like you just have to trust the Lord that, he, that he's going to come through, that he will. If you ask God for something, he's going to do it. But it's going to happen in his timing. And usually in those, in those moments, it's like it's going to be in a private moment that you get to. And if, if, if it comes through you, you know, Paul said, like, you know, I planted a seed. Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. It's like you may just plant a seed with someone. And then someone else comes along and waters it, but God makes it grow. And then we get to see, we get to see the harvest. We may not see it in, right now in this lifetime. We may not see it in our lifetime, but it, it will happen. It will happen. Isn't that good? Deliverance comes in time and usually in private settings. The other thing, be slow in forming opinions. We've got to be slow in forming our opinions. Here's something, too. We will be judged on a set day by the Lord. It says there is a coming day of God's judgment. And this. I believe the wrath of God has been satisfied. Otherwise, I I, I don't like to sing stuff I don't believe in. But I believe the wrath of God has been satisfied, that God's wrath, that his anger was satisfied through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I believe it. I believe that for myself. I believe it for this nation. I believe God's covering is on this nation. And I want to I just keep believing it because I would, I'm trusting and I'm hoping for God's his faithfulness. I'm hoping and praying 
It's like that, that God, that his mercies continue to flow. I'm hoping that God turns things around, I'm hoping that God, I know things aren't have been good in a lot of ways, but in other ways, I know God is doing some things. I know God is, he's, God's, he's, he's moving. God is sovereign. God is faithful. And I also want to say this, that, that things that are happening now, earthquakes, disasters, famines, wars, rumors of wars, these things were prophesied back when Jesus was asked, when are you coming, Lord? And he said, these will be a sign of things to, for my coming. He didn't say that, you know, you know the, the, the wrath of God is going to keep building and building until he just like, just boom, like that. It was just a matter of like, no, these things are going to happen before I come back. It's like, and when he comes back, then it is going to be like, like, boom. It's going to, people who, who never thought, never believed in him, it doesn't matter. It's like every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's like, what we are in right now is his grace. The fact that he's not here now is his grace. The fact that he hasn't already come back, because when he comes back, he will come back and he will judge the, the living and the dead. And it's like, so the judgment happens on that day. He's not like, he's not like up there right now, like, here's my judgment. Better get right, better get right. I believe God's, God just looks and he sees what, what Christ has done. And it's like, and I believe that we're walking in the favor of God. We can walk in the favor of God. It doesn't matter. I know that bad things still happen. It's like, but even in those circumstances, we know that God is still faithful. It's like, and I know we do bonehead things. As a nation, we do bonehead things. As a people of God, we do bonehead things. But God's still faithful. God is still faithful. And here's the thing is that there is coming a day of judgment. And there will be a day of wrath. A day of reckoning. And until that day, I just got to walk in his favor because I can't take any condemnation. I got to walk in his favor. I can't take that condemnation even as an, I don't even want to, I don't even want to claim it as a nation. I want to claim his grace. I want to claim his mercy. I want to claim that. God, we are claiming your grace and your mercy. And I want you to know it's like that Jesus, that he says he's interceding for us. And the Holy Spirit is constantly doing these things. He's doing it. And so you can take authority over situations. It's not that we're asking God, God, we need you to, we need you to change these things. It's like, no, it's like we can take authority. In the name of Jesus, we command this mountain to move. In the name of Jesus, we command, we command this, 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 this debt of our nation to be removed and cast into the sea. In the name of Jesus, we command that, that there would be a, a, a coming to you, a reconciliation. See, we're in the ministry of reconciliation, not to put people away, not to, not to, not to be a, a disdain to people. And, 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 and we're to be a representation of Jesus in a place where there's reconciliation that is happening. That's what needs to be happening right now here in America. That's what needs to be happening right here in Salisbury, North Carolina. When you judge, you begin to shun and shut off a person. When you examine, you pray and you pursue the person. Does that make sense? See, when we judge someone, we judge their heart and we say like, and we say, it's like, you're on your own now. It's like, you, it's like, you know, you can just, just go do your thing. It's like, and, and, and some people, like, some people you do have to give that time of just, you know, Paul said, you know, hand them over to the devil for a season. It's like, if they want that, it's like, then let them go pursue it. It's like, but when they come back, just be quick to bring them back in. Like, so even in that, he's, he has faith that they're going to come back. He's doing it out of faith. It's like, and so, but, but we do everything out of love. We do it all out of love. All right. The word judge, it, it means uh, to set yourself up as God, basically. Okay. I'm almost done. I'm going to wrap this thing up. Be very careful. Be very careful. You are righteous and not self-righteous. If you need help in this area, just think about what God has forgiven you for. If you're just like, God, I just have so much trouble like 
not judging people, then just begin to think, think back on everything that he's delivered you from. Think back to those times where you're like, man, I was just a mess. And just, man, he delivered me. Say, like, because then I can forgive as God forgave me. Stop saying too much. Stop trying to tell people what's wrong with them and let God do the speaking. And understand this. Those who are not walking in the spirit cannot walk in the spirit. If you live in the flesh, you cannot walk by the spirit. People who walk in the flesh, they need to be born again. So pray that they would be born again. Okay? We can't expect those who are not born of the Spirit to walk in the Spirit. So why are we mad with people when they are walking in the flesh? If they live by the flesh, then they're going, the Bible says they're going to walk by the flesh until they get that revelation of that's the Son of God. That's Him. Surely that's the Son of God. And surely he can change me until they get the revelation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is doing something in me. I remember when Blake, when the Holy Spirit did something to him, he, he came up and it was it was uh, it was at SCF and he comes up to and, uh, to just ask for prayer. And he was standing there and he did. And, and uh, my dad said, Blake, what do you want prayer for? He said, I just want the Lord. What'd you say? I want the Holy Spirit. And I think by the time he got spirit out, it might like he wasn't even touched. It was just like he went to lay hands on him. And it was just I saw it. It was just like Ugh! he like fell back. He hit his head on a pew and he was down for like, what, 30, 45 minutes. And he was so drunk in the spirit that we had to get one of those roller chairs and put him in a roller chair and then roll him out. And and we asked him, man, are you good to go? Because we were going to this restaurant and we were all hungry. And we said, are you okay? He said, yeah, yeah, I'm good. And he gets in his car, so we got behind him. We shouldn't have done this. But I remember I was behind him, and, and literally his car was just like swerving. And I was just like, God, please. I was praying, like, Lord, please don't let a cop pull him. Please let a cop pull him. Because he was, he was that drunk in the Holy Spirit. You talk about being drunk in the Holy Spirit. It's like, and God did that. And I've seen God do something more in Blake Jarman than I've seen people who have been living it for years and years and years. You know, and, and claim to be born again, but they're not, I don't see the fruit. And so, but it's like, man, I just, I, and I, I love him because he's my brother. And it's like, man, and Brian Morrow, it's like, man, it's like, he's got a story he could tell you. It's like, but man, look at this guy, man. He was a youth pastor for five years. Most people don't get past one year being a youth pastor. Some people have a hard time getting past six months being a youth pastor. I did it for five years, and when I got out, I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and this man is like, is a, he's a miracle of God. He's a miracle of God. I'm sure all of you got some kind of story that you can tell is that we were doing that the other night. We just we had an appreciation dinner for the worship team and we were all just and we and we were talking for like a good hour and a half or something just about all these things that God was doing. It's like, I mean, with Carol and Randall, it's like, and, you know, they got a story they could tell you just how God is like even God just worked in their relationship and they're married. And it's like, and I mean, I could tell all kinds of stuff about Carol. She's a miracle. Just how God has been so good. It's like Brittany is a miracle of seeing just what God's done in your life. I know Edie, I know you got a story. It's like just, you know, Janine, you got a story. It's like everyone in here has probably got a story that you can tell. And I want you, I want to say this, that your story is significant. It is awesome. It's powerful. And so if anyone ever says to you, what good ever, what good could come out of Salisbury? I want you to stand, you look them in the eye and you say, you're looking at it. You're looking at it right here. This is what good can come out of Salisbury. Just stand up to your feet this morning. I want to read to you this, Ephesians 3.20. This is going to be my closing thing for you guys, and then we're, we're free to go. I, I don't know that this is like one of those like altar call kind of things. I mean, if you need prayer for something then here's my response to you. In the name of Jesus, what I have, I give to you. So receive it. 
It's that simple. It's just a matter of just do you believe it, receive it. It's like we don't even, it's like, I mean, I can, we can lay hands and all that kind of stuff, but I can tell you right now, the, if the Holy Spirit's moving, he can do something way more than what I can do by laying hands on you and praying for you. It's like if you just believe it, if you believe that God is doing something in your life, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living in you. It's living in you. And the word of God that became flesh and dwelt among us is is living and is active. And that word of God is Jesus Christ, and he's in you. And he's in you, and he's in you, and you, and you, and you, and you. He's everyone in this room. If you claim to be born again, if you claim, it's like that, that if you believe, Jesus, you are the son of God. If you look and you say, surely that's the son of God. Then by faith, you have received what he's already given. He's already provided for you. So now you just receive it and you walk in it. It's that simple. It's that simple. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And everybody says... You've been listening to Destiny City, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. For more information, visit us online at destinycity.org.